Myself and my friend Alan, and my wife Debbie, she wasn't so keen, but Alan was, we watched um, the final airport movie. Remember, airport was a really, I mean, it was a really big series of movies. You know, right from the early 70s, with big stars like Burt Lancaster and Charlton Heston, and, you know, it was a big money spinner. Um, and if I remember as a kid, Christmas wasn't Christmas without the Queen's message, a Bond movie, and an airport. Now this, the one we watched, was um, unlike other airport movies, it was the final one. Made in 79, came out in 1980, it was Airport 80, Concord. And what I think happened here is that they had to ramp things up because you've had a few air, airport movies now. Famously in 77, you've got the Bermuda Triangle one, but really you need to think outside the writing box, don't you? So you've got terrorists on a plane, we've done that one. There's a bomb, we've had that one. Well, what else can we do? I know we'll put it on the most iconic plane we can find. That will be Concorde. And believe you me, Concorde comes out of this looking really good. It's the only thing that does. The iconic plane looks fantastic. It looks fantastic in the air. Even though some of the effects are a bit dodgy, more of that in a minute. It looks fantastic when the nose comes down and goes up. It's, it's great. Looks great. Now, to everything else. Some of the issues in this movie are the effects sometimes look like a model plane with a hand airbrushed out above clouds. When the plane finally comes to land, after the final bit of mild peril, because it's not terror in this movie, it looks like a model that someone would put on a carpet at home. That's not great. Um, and some of the other problems are these. I've said that there's a big panoply, a panoply, I'll tell you. Oh yes, that's the word I'm going to use, of Hollywood stars in the other movies. These are big names, and you have some big names here. First of all, you've got George Kennedy, who's gone through those movies. He has gone through, I think, all the airport movies, hasn't he? And it's really good to see him here. You know, um, he's being asked to, to fly the plane. It's a big event that he's being asked to do that. Um, you've got Joe Petroni, he's playing Joe Petroni. He's got a kind of clenched teeth, let's get through this feel, which may be about the movie, but it may also be about the, about the peril they're in. But flying the plane, you've got Alain Delon, who's gorgeous. He's playing Captain Paul Metal. I'll say it again, Metal, very nice. And um, the thing about it is that he's got a love interest with Sylvia Crystal, as Isabel, one of the hostesses, who doesn't really seem to be emoting too much, um, and they're finding love. He wants to say je t'aime to her. He wants to, he wants to bring her into his love life. Ooh, that's nice. I think that's because he's just been through some mild peril. More of that in a moment. And the thing is that when they're 
when they're in trouble, and they are several times in this movie, they don't do the let's build up to one central problem. They give us two or three. Yeah, they really, they really, really ramp it up. And that's one of the reasons why it's so poor. But when he's trying to keep people from death, it just looks like he's not really bothered. He's not, he doesn't, he doesn't sweat. He doesn't, uh, all of the sweat in the first peril they've got is given to um, David Warner. David Warner, who plays Peter O'Neill, the navigator. He's being given a sweaty top lip and someone's been around spraying him. But Alain Delon just looks like, okay, well, just got to get through this then. We need to see that even a cool pilot is worried about some things, particularly when they are being chased by a smart torpedo. Yes, this is the first of the, um, of the peril moments for them because you've got a deceitful businessman played by Robert Wagner. Of course, if you're gonna have a deceitful businessman, it's Robert Wagner. There's a reason why he was picked to play um, Dr. Evil's number two in Austin Powers movies, yeah? So he plays Kevin Harrison. Who, um, who has a torpedo, which is a smart torpedo with his name on it, and um, he fires it to test it, because it's for the, for the military, and it goes awry. I don't quite know how it goes awry. I might have been rolling my eyes during that bit, but it locks on the plane. Concord. Now, Concord in this, um, in this film is traveling from America to Paris, and then the following day after a stopover, to Moscow, as, as we'll call it, because it's an American movie, to Moscow. So, you've got two opportunities to give us some terror, and they don't half go for it. So the first bit is the torpedo, and there's extraordinary stuff going on at this point. Joe Petroni is um, flying the plane. He's got a steely, stoic, um, he's made that choice, has George Kennedy, and that works to some extent. But because they're having to get out of the way of the torpedo, they, um, they have to do things like loop the, well, not loop the loop, do a roll, turn, turn left and right. He's, he's turning the wheel like it's some kind of, um, bad Formula One thing. He's... <laughs> And they, they, they do a roll. It makes Concord roll. That's extraordinary. And that's just the first time. Alan said to me, I'm sure that was the end. That was the last thing in the film. No, not by a long chalk. Because once you've done that, then some fighters are scrambled. I don't know why. I might have been yawning at the time. But they're scrambled and they start to attack the plane as well. They've got torpedoes. So, we've just seen Concord do a roll. Does another one. <laughs> this is just after the first bit. As if we didn't have enough mild peril. Now we've got some more. With Alan Delon going, oh, well, it, it is what it is. So <laughs> and, um, and George Kennedy being very steely. And David Warner all, all sweaty top lip. And um, in, I, think, I think it's this one. In this situation, they... They 
sort of depressurize everything so they can open the window in the cockpit and George Kennedy can fire a flare that the torpedo from the fighter jet will lock onto and explode. <laughs> and it's done. It's extraordinary. It sounds ridiculous. And the only way to make it work is to give us some dramatic music and to make it seem as though this is the most extraordinary thing that we have ever done. You don't get any sense of that in this movie. Get the sense that, th that this happens every other week. You know, we're, go we're going to roll Concord. Oh, well, let's just do that then. Yep, we did that. That's fine. Let's open the window and fire out a flare. Yep, yep, we did that. Now, who wants fish and chips? <laughs> It's just, I mean, they get to, um, they get to Paris. And the, the, the peril is not over because um, Robert Wagner, a shady businessman, Kevin Harrison, tells a news anchor who is also on the plane, uh, played by Susan Blakely, Maggie Whelan, that he's got a, um, he's got a, um, a statement he's made, which admits his wrongdoing. He's going to give it to her because he wants to create some kind of love. They have been lovers. I don't know why he gives it to her. And he says, you can you can put it on air when you land. She then says, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to report the hell out of this. Doesn't exactly say that, but you know what I mean. So he thinks, oh, well, I, I better kill her then. And everybody else at the same time. And it's quite interesting what he does because because they don't, or, or what he's asked to be to, to have done. Because they use the controls of the plane, which is that you put a you put a number in the cargo door, it opens automatically, and then you can have a look at the circuits, which two engineers are doing. One engineer then then leaves the other one to it. I'll be out in a minute. Don't leave him to it. If your mate's saying I'll be out in a minute, you know something nefarious is going on. Well, actually, we should be checking this together. Now, don't worry. I'll just do this on my own. Oh, never mind. That's fine. More time for me to have a have a crafty reef outside. I'll have a roll up and no, you know something's when someone's telling you they'll be in a minute, out in a minute, and I don't want you with me. You know something nefarious is going on, and it is because he replaces some kind of gadget with something else, which will make the cargo door open automatically while they're in flight. Yes. In the meantime, they're having a high old time in Paris. You've got the, um, you've got the Alain Delon, I want to say she tend to you, to Sylvia Crystal. George Kennedy gets a bit from someone, in front of the fire, of course, under a big rug. This is the 1980s or late 70s. So, of course, he's had it, which is great. And um, they set off again. Now, the cargo door thing is interesting because it sort of makes... It doesn't look good for Concord, to be honest. I mean, because what it does is, because the cargo door is open, the plane starts to open up. So there's a huge crack in the in the aisle, which Alain Delon goes out and says, oh, there seems to be a crack in the aisle. That's not good. No one else notices. The passengers don't notice. They don't look down and go, should I be seeing sky and mountains through the floor? No, nothing like that. Um, also, what you, what you also get is that the aisle is opening, so you get to see the, the sky and the mountains and everything, but actually you wouldn't, would you? You'd just see the cargo. You'd just, you'd just see darkness, 
because there is a belly underneath with everybody's luggage in, isn't it? So, you would... anyway, that's just a small point among so many other larger points of problems. Um, so, yeah, that's the main bit. So, you've got Peril 1, a torpedo, Peril 2, immediately after it, some more torpedoes, and then just when you think you're out of peril, there's another one, which is that the plane is, is breaking up, and they've got to land on a conveniently placed snow um, ski slope around the Alps that Alain Delon, being a bit of a playboy, remembers skiing there. That's a good thing, isn't it? I suppose Joe Petroni will be able to land the, the plane on a football field or a, or a temping bowling rink. That's the kind of thing you've got with a really 2D writing. Now, let's talk about the passengers, because you always get some very famous people in the Eddie Albert, that's really what you've got. Eddie Albert, oh, and Mercedes McCambridge. The only good thing about Eddie Albert, Eddie Albert at one point just wanders into the cockpit to talk to the, right at the end, you know, to talk to the, the, um, the people flying the plane, to the pilot and the, and the crew, about we're in, we're in a jam, aren't we? Well, don't just let him wander in. He's only a passenger, doesn't own the airline or anything. There's another lovely moment where his, his um, seat is sucked into a big hole that's in the aisle, and he looks like he's sitting on the potty or some kind of commode. It's not great for him. So that's that's probably one of your main stars. When you've got Alain Delon, you've got you've got Robert Wagner, but there's nobody really big Hollywood. Not at all. You've got Mercedes McCambridge, who did sterling work for the Exorcist movie. And um I think that's about oh, Sybil Danning's in there. Apparently, apparently Ed, Ed Begley Jr. is in there as rescuer number one. Didn't see him at all. And you've got Harry Shearer as the voice of an announcer. But I think, I think that's it. It's all a bit cheap. And the whole thing looks a bit cheap. It's not ideal. And there's quite a lot of trouble um, making us believe that a lot of money's been spent, but I bet it has. Well, it did take a long time for um, for the producer, Jennings Lang, to persuade Air France to let them use Concorde. Um, and Air France wanted some changes, and they, I couldn't understand why they'd want that. They, he wanted to call it, um, it was supposed to be called Airport 79, the Concorde, which would chime with the other movies, but um, they didn't want to call it that, so they called it the Concorde Airport 79, which is slightly, it's more or less, it's more or less the same isn't it? Um, there were some issues with the production. You know, um, it will be seen as a sequel, but I understand Jennings Lang was saying he didn't want it to, to be seen as a sequel, because it's got different characters in it. Well, all the, I don't know, all the, I mean, it's got the same character with, with the George Kennedy part, and haven't all the films got different characters in them? Oh, I don't know. Susan Blakely had signed a three-year deal with Universal, part of that. And Sylvia Crystal said in her autobiography that Alan Delon was concerned about the size of his trailer. He wanted um, he wanted to have the trailer that the director had, had, had got, David Lowell Rich. And uh, he was supported in that. Um, David Lowell Rich, um, well, I mean, <laughs> not an enormous amount of stuff that you'd really think, oh yeah, I know him from. Uh, I didn't know him from very much, uh, to be honest. So, you know, it's, um, it's it's not really ideal. Um, people didn't really tend to like it. Um, for instance, 
Vincent Cambia, the New York Times, when he came out, said, The Concorde at Airport 79 is, how shall I put it, not the best in the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to say it's the worst is to convey the wrong impression. He said, in this case, worst is best. Well, I mean, I don't... It depends what you're looking for, doesn't it? Um, if Variety said it was definitely not for sophisticates, but then no airport film is for sophisticates, is it? You're going to think, what a lovely auteur. Oh, look at that. Look at the way that the light motif. Look at that. Well, there is a light motif. Aeropla- airplanes come down. But yeah, it's not great, really. Quite a lot of um, quite a lot of scathing reception. Um, yeah, including Sheila Benson of the. Los Angeles Times, it talks about the disaster faced is very contrived, which, which it is, which it is really. And at the same time, you've got movies like The Big Bus, which I'd advise people to go and look at, which is a sort of airplane. You've got airplane in um, Made in 79, coming out in 80, I think as well. And that really, I mean, you, you've got the, you've got the girl with the, with, with the, or you've got the heart um, transplant story here as well. Now that's in airplane too, isn't it? And I think it's a bit of a death knell, really, for the for the airport movies. To be honest, um, it's thought that it didn't earn its, its budget back, um, but but you know, internationally, it, it did okay. That was only in the United States it didn't make that money, but. Internationally, it was all right, and actually, it's not just about America because you do have a link with with Britain and you have a link with France, and it was seen as a very European aircraft, the Concorde, which is something else which will stymie, I suspect, the um, the reception in in America. It ain't great, this. I mean, eventually, what happens in the end is, and it's almost as if they sort of rush to the end and think, oh, f- oh, thank God for that. It's the 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 plane manages to crash on the ski slope everybody's okay no i don't think anybody dies and alan was saying to me doesn't doesn't david warner die in this did he die in everything that i've seen him in no he doesn't we expected him to but he didn't um and they they get to the to the ski slope it um the plane um comes to a stop robert wagner is destroyed and shoots himself in his own private plane Thus, I presume, firing a bullet through the plane, depressurising the plane and killing all on board. We don't see that, but I presume that's what happens. And um, and at the end of it, the plane explodes and we just get the titles. We don't see the people saying, well, I'm very glad I got out of that. You just see the plane, you see an explosion, you see the titles. It's almost as if they were saying, right, it's done. It's done. Lunch, everybody. <laughs> everybody to the honey wagon. Cottage pie today. It's just it's just not done with any craft. It looks like a TV movie. And I suspect by this time it was so tired, the franchise, that it's not surprising. But it's really enjoyable. It is a bit of a guilty pleasure. And I'm definitely going to go back and watch Airport 77 now. Ta-ta.